This is The Christian Working Woman, where we share wisdom from God's Word and how it's practical and applicable to our daily lives, at home and in the workplace, everywhere. And today, Lisa Bishop will share biblical truth from God's Word. I'm Julie Bustide, and we're so glad you've joined us today. So Lisa, I see your devotion for today is the power of prayer. Yes, this month we're highlighting prayer and why it's so important in the life of a follower of Jesus. You know, I think prayer is something we can overlook at times or just practice when life is hard. Mm. And sometimes we may not know how to pray. So today I thought we'd spend some time talking about prayer as a spiritual practice and seeing how it brings us more peace, power, and transformation in our lives. Mm, I agree. There is power in prayer. I'm looking forward to hearing more. Thanks, Julie. Okay, before we dive in, I have a question for you. How are you doing today? No, really. How are you doing? What are the things that are most consuming your thoughts? What's a worry, concern, or uncertainty? Maybe a disappointment, unmet need, longing, or loss that's weighing on your mind? If you were to do a check-in with your heart and your soul, what would you notice? Are you weary? Tired? Stressed out? Angry? depleted, maybe feeling overwhelmed or overworked. You know, in the busyness of life, it's important to take time to do a self-check and to get a gauge on our souls because, let's face it, life can be hard and it's easy to get depleted. So today, I want to talk about how to experience renewal, refreshment, and supernatural strength in your life, how to receive sustenance in difficult times and grow in your ability to experience the divine power and presence of God. I want to remind you of the power of prayer. Now, before you say, I already know about prayer, my question is, how consistently do you practice the power of prayer? I read a quote the other day that said, if you want your life to experience divine power, it needs to be a praying life. Far too often, it can be easy to bypass the transformation that comes from prayer because we're prone to put it on the back burner. I want you to experience the divine presence and power to greater degrees in your life. If you think about it, what are the reasons we don't make prayer a daily habit? Being brutally honest, I think we can believe that prayer doesn't work, or God already knows what I'm thinking, so why do I need to pray? All too often, the old, I'm too busy to pray can become a barrier to a praying life. If you think you're too time-crunched to pray, you need only to look to Jesus who modeled prayer and whose life points to not only the necessity of prayer, but the practice of prayer and the busyness and the demands of life. In Luke chapter 5, we see that crowds of people came to hear Jesus teach and to be healed of their sickness. And then in verse 16, it says, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So in the midst of his ministry, healing, and teaching, Jesus points us to the power of prayer. In the hustle and bustle of life, isn't it easy to be on autopilot, to be in go mode and at warp speed, so easy that we neglect to take the time to slow down and go off to get away from the crowds and pray? Retreating from the crowds doesn't necessarily mean going to a mountain or a rural place, although I have to admit that sounds really nice. It may simply be waking up early in the morning before the demands of the day kick in, sitting in a quiet place in your house or apartment, if even for a few minutes before you start your day to come before the Lord and in the quietness of His presence, pray. Of course, prayer isn't just reserved for morning times. There's no right time of day to pray. It's something you can do throughout your day. When you spend time in prayer, you make space to hear from God and for the Holy Spirit to guide your steps and transform your heart. 
Having a vibrant prayer life is a significant spiritual practice among followers of Jesus because prayer positions you to pour out your heart so you can be filled up and experience deep connection with the Lord. In Psalm 116, the psalmist says, I love the Lord because he's heard my appeal for mercy. Because he's turned his ear to me, I will call out to him as long as I live. I love the reminder all throughout the Bible that God inclines his ear towards you. He listens intently. He delights in hearing your voice. Throughout the years, I've struggled to pray, especially in times where I felt distant from God. It was really hard for me to want to talk to him. Sometimes I didn't even know where to begin. And then I read a book that suggested starting each day with the Lord's Prayer. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus gave his disciples and gives us a model for prayer. Even if you start with 15 seconds a day reciting this prayer out loud, it's a great way to begin creating the habit of intentionally coming before Jesus. I'd personally recommend praying on your knees because there's just something about the posture of bowing down before the Lord that is transformative in and of itself. Before Jesus gives instructions in the book of Luke on how to pray, it's really interesting to notice that he says, your father knows the things you need before you ask him. And yet, Jesus says, you should pray. I'm certain you're familiar with Jesus' model for prayer, but I want to read it to you. And as you hear the very words of God, try to listen in a new and fresh way. Ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate something to you and to make something stand out that you may not have noticed before. Jesus says, And when you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. One thing to note is this is not a prescription for prayer per se. It should be more understood as an example or a pattern of prayer, and it gives us some prayer ingredients. So let's take a closer look at how Jesus teaches his disciples and us to pray. We see that at the opening, Jesus addressed God as Father. Now, acknowledging God as Father is an expression of affection and confidence and trust. It signifies the close, intimate relationship of a father and his child, and Jesus reminds us of the close relationship we have with God. We also see that Jesus began with worship. When he says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, right away Jesus removes the focus from us and turns our attention to God. He teaches us to begin our prayers by recognizing the God to whom we pray and to worship Him and praise Him for who He is. When you approach God the Father in adoration and worship, it brings your worries and anxieties into perspective as you turn your focus to God and fix your eyes on Jesus. Or as my friend Nicole says, raise your gaze, keep looking up. It can be tempting to focus on our circumstances and glance at God rather than glance at our circumstances and gaze at God. Remembering and worshiping God for His character, His holiness, and that God is your protector your defender, your provider. God is your refuge and strength, your fortress. He is trustworthy and faithful, all-knowing and all-sufficient. He's a loving Father who invites you into His presence. He genuinely cares for you. This is a powerful part of prayer. 
What's your view of God when you pray to Him? I think our view of God can hinder our prayers to God. If you're in a season where you're struggling in your faith, you're finding it hard to believe God is who He says He is, ask some friends to pray for you. In the times where life has been challenging, I've asked a few trusted and faithful friends to pray for me. I know their prayers held me up and sustained me through difficult times. Maybe you're in a season where your faith is strong and your prayer life is robust. Who around you is struggling? Who can you pray for? Who can you come alongside to hold up in prayer? The phrase, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, this is a posture of ultimately praying for God's plan in your life and the world and not your own plan. It's a true position of surrender, trusting that God's plans and ways are higher than yours. Jesus modeled this prayer in Matthew 26, verse 29. Knowing of his impending arrest, crucifixion, and death, we see that he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, not yet as I will, but as you will. Especially in the midst of suffering and unmet longing, it's hard to trust God. Praying God's will be done is asking God to give you strength and grace to surrender all to Him and to trust Him. Further along in the Lord's model of prayer, we're encouraged to ask God for things we need and give us today our daily bread. This is a reminder to us that God invites us to pray what is on our heart and to present our needs, desires, and hopes to Him. Philippians 4 verses 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. When we ask God for our daily bread, we ultimately trust Him to provide what He knows we need. Philippians 4.19 reminds us what is true. It says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. This is especially hard to believe if you're experiencing hard times, a job loss, family conflict, loneliness, marital strain, or financial stress. If you're struggling to trust God's faithfulness, cry out to Him, Jesus, please help me to see all the ways you're providing for my needs in this season. And then Jesus says to pray this way, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And this reminds us to confess our sins to God and to turn from them and also to forgive others as God has forgiven us. When you confess your sin to God, He is faithful and just to forgive you and you experience greater intimacy with Him because the barrier that sin causes in your heart is removed. Unforgiveness in your heart towards someone who has hurt or wronged you is also an important part of your prayer life. Your feelings may not be there at first, but by faith, ask God to help you forgive with a sincere heart. God will work in your heart as you follow in obedience to forgive. And finally, in the conclusion of the Lord's Prayer, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is a plea for help in achieving victory over sin and a request for protection from the attacks of the devil. Every day we face spiritual battles. Some are obvious, while others are subtle. You will face temptations that will try to lure you away from God. You have an enemy who wants to discourage you and doesn't want you to trust in and follow Jesus. So he will do everything he can to distract you with fiery darts that come in the form of accusations, lies, guilt, despair, self-doubt, and discouragement. As a result, an ingredient of prayer is asking God for protection. So when you're facing temptation in a spiritual battle, don't try fighting the battle on your own. Turn to Jesus in prayer and remember the Apostle Paul's reminder in Ephesians 6. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the tactics of the devil. 
For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. This is why you must take up the full armor of God, so that you may be able to resist in the evil day, and having prepared everything, to take your stand. Stand, therefore, with truth like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take the shield of faith, and with it you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is God's word. Pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request. If you want your life to experience divine power, it needs to be a praying life. If you're new to prayer or maybe you've lost your fire for prayer, begin your day with the Lord's Prayer as a guide to help you worship Him. Confess your sin, forgive others, ask Him for what you need, and to help guide you and protect you. Take intentional time to build your prayer life and bolster your faith in Him. And remember the words of Psalm 116:2, Because He turned His ear to me, I will call on Him as long as I live. Well, thanks for joining me today. For more encouragement on growing in your faith, visit our website at christianworkingwoman.org. Thanks, Lisa, for your encouragement for us to be intentional about our prayer life. At its core, prayer is words spoken to God. It's an opportunity to grow closer to God and to speak scripture into your life. So for those looking to enhance this time with God, we offer a prayer journal. It's based on the prayer which Jesus gave to his disciples, which Lisa talked about. It includes praise and thanksgiving, confession and dedication, intercession and personal prayer requests and answers. Visit our website, christianworkingwoman.org, to learn more and purchase your copy today. Well, I'm Julie Busteed, thanking you for spending some time with us today at The Christian Working Woman, and we hope you'll join us again next week, same time, same place, for The Christian Working Woman with Mary Lohman. 